Have this in mind, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, existing in the form of God, didn't consider equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a servant, being made in the likeness of men. And being found in human form, he humbled himself, becoming obedient to the point of death, yes, the death of the cross. Philippians 2, 5-8 Dear Lord, we are in awe of the gift of you, who left the splendor of heaven to be born in a humble manger. May your selfless love and humility inspire us to live lives of compassion, kindness, and self-sacrifice. As we celebrate your birth, our Savior, help us to embrace the spirit of giving, not just in presence, but in presence, offering our time, love, and empathy to those around us. May the miracle of Christmas fill our hearts with gratitude and joy. And may we strive to walk in your footsteps of sharing your love with a world in need. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Thank you for praying with me today. Stay with us for more wisdom from the Bible with today's episode of Stories of the Messiah with Rabbi Schneider. The entire world resided in the shadow of Rome. Julius Caesar, emperor and genius, reached out his hand and seized power wherever he could. His authority went unquestioned, and his sword found the necks of many foes. It was an era steeped in strife and unrest, when men forged their destinies amidst the anvil of war and the hammer of politics. As the glory of Rome was about to blossom under Julius Caesar, a child was born into the world. Little did anyone know, this child would one day be worshipped as a god. He would amass followers from nations around the ancient world, rallying them under his name. This child was born in the zenith of Roman potential. His name was Octavian. Hello everyone, and welcome to another Christmas episode of the Stories of the Messiah podcast. I'm Rabbi Schneider from Discovering the Jewish Jesus. We are taking time from now until Christmas to explore the rich and powerful story of the Nativity. If the Stories of the Messiah has blessed you, consider following and subscribing to the podcast so you never miss an episode. So far, we have surveyed some of the prophecies heralding the coming of Jesus. We saw how the Messiah's coming was foretold from the beginning. The hope and longing for a Redeemer endured throughout the generations. Before we are introduced to our classic Christmas heroes like Zachariah, Elizabeth, Mary, and Joseph, we are going back into the annals of history. Jesus was born into a unique time in history when the boot of Rome was pressing against the throat of Israel. The cruel rule of Caesar Augustus spread across the ancient world. Let's tune in now to the cinematic retelling of Caesar's rise to power. 
Afterward, we'll explore why this story is paramount to the Christmas message. Octavian was born under the lineage of Caesar. He was the adored son of the Roman Empire. Julius Caesar, his illustrious uncle, was considered a titan among mortals. He claimed swaths of land for the Roman Empire with brutality and force. But where power and conquest bloom, so do the forms of treachery. Julius Caesar fell beneath a blade wielded by his kin, leaving an empire fractured and trembling on the brink of chaos. Rome was vulnerable and in disarray. Young Octavian was ready to rise in his uncle's place, determined to lift Rome and carry its glory on his shoulders. As Octavian strode for power, he was flanked by Mark Anthony and Lepidus, generals in the armies of Caesar. The three men all claimed Rome as theirs, but only one could be emperor. Their clash was titanic, splitting the empire into three realms. Each leader had command over his dominion, but Octavian would not be denied the throne. Anthony and Octavian stood as adversaries on the battlefield. Anthony's rage boiled against Octavian. If the East is to be mine, Anthony declared, his eyes hard with resolve. Then let it be known that I will not bow to you, Octavian, not in this lifetime. So the dance began, with each ruler amassing legions of loyal warriors, their eyes alight with the fire of the one true king they believed in. The war was brutal, and the once united Rome risked consuming itself from within. Mark Anthony and Queen Cleopatra of Egypt amassed an army they believed to be unrivaled. Blood soaked the sand as swords and shields clashed. Although their troops were fierce, Octavian was undeterred by the staggering might of Anthony and Cleopatra. He masterfully marshaled his men and slaughtered the armies of Anthony. Lepidus was next, and his troops were subdued and banished to the far north. On a battlefield now hallowed by the blood and honor of countless men, Octavian, the victor, stood surveying the horizon. He was alone, the last man standing amidst the ruins of a rivalry that had swallowed all hope. He stood over the battlefield and marched towards the summit, overlooking the carnage. His rivals had been defeated, and no one was left to stand in his way. His breath misted the cool air as he whispered, I am no longer Octavian. I am Caesar Augustus. War wounds ravaged the Roman Empire, and its people desperately sought peace. With the mantle of power secure on his shoulders, Caesar Augustus set out to heal his empire. I have dreamed of a Rome reborn, he addressed the masses, his voice resonating through the crowd's silence. Today we embark on a journey towards that dream. His rule brought stability, silencing the discord that had torn at the very fabric of Rome. Yet the taste of power was addictive, and Augustus sought to climb to divine heights. He reduced the Roman Senate to mere whispers in the hallways of power, himself rising above the mortal coils to be revered as a god. His soldiers were disciples now, his governors, his apostles, all bending their knees in supplication to their Lord and God. The shadow of Rome enveloped the nation of Israel. Israelites watched in quiet dismay, their homeland slowly losing its identity under Roman dominance. Rome's insidious influence diluted their once proud culture. It was like being under the boot of Babylon once again. Amid subjugation and tragedy, they clung to God and cried out to him for salvation. The pain of their oppression fueled their longing for a hero, a redeemer. 
They clung to the words of the prophecy spoken to David long ago. When your days are over, I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. The people yearn for the promised savior, a beacon in the desolation to restore their land and their dignity. Isaiah's words echoed in their hearts. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. They waited, their eyes brimming with hope, their hearts heavy with expectation. They imagined a ruler that would rival Caesar Augustus. They envisioned a Messiah who would reclaim the Holy Mount and thwart the armies of Rome. They imagined conquests like David and riches like Solomon. Yet, as the wheel of fate turned, no one could have anticipated the form their redemption would take. Caesar Augustus, Emperor and God. Families would disrupt their lives and travel to the homeland of their kin to be counted. This census, another example of Rome's power, would make way for the Messiah to be born. Rabbi Schneider here from Discovering the Jewish Jesus. Let's unpack the story of Caesar Augustus together. You may wonder why we are highlighting a part of Caesar's story in a Christmas podcast. It's because Octavian's rise to power sets the stage for the Messiah to be born. The tale of Octavian's ascent to the throne is vital for us to understand because we wouldn't have the Christmas story without it. His expansive reach into the Eastern world enveloped Israel. Although the Pax Romana brought unprecedented peace to the Roman Empire, God's people were pressed for all they had. Increased taxes and Roman regulation were the crucibles for religious radicals and self-righteousness. That oppression began a domino effect of events that led to Jesus' birth. Most notably, the census that would take Mary and Joseph away from Nazareth and to Bethlehem. This story also contrasts the reigning kingdom of Rome and the incoming kingdom of Christ. Octavian's rise as the sole ruler of Rome marked a turning point in history. All of the ancient world was enveloped under his rule, including Israel. In the times of Moses, David, and Elijah, the idols of the age were gods like Baal, Dagon, and Asherah. They were false Canaanite gods who entrapped the people of Israel in false worship. Yet during the time of Jesus, Peter, and Paul, the false god was Caesar. Through sheer force and willpower, he made himself to be like a god. He demanded the worship of his followers, and whoever defied him faced death. But while Caesar's rule was marked with brutality and self-glorification, Jesus' rule was marked by grace and self-sacrifice. Christmas is not only a time to celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ, it's also an opportunity to reflect on the kingdom he brought into this world. This kingdom stands in stark contrast to the kings of this world, represented most vividly by Caesar Augustus. During this festive season, let's explore these contrasts. In the air when Christ was born, Caesar Augustus ruled a vast empire. His kingdom was one of conquest, political intrigue, and earthly power. He sought to unify people under the banner of Rome, but his methods were often forceful and self-serving. In stark contrast, Jesus came to establish a kingdom not of this world. His reign is one of peace, justice, and righteousness founded in love and self-sacrifice. 
The kingdom of God transcends borders and its king invites all to partake in its blessings. Caesar Augustus was known for his ambition and pride. He built monuments to his glory and inscribed his name on coins as Son of God. His rule was characterized by self-aggrandizement and the pursuit of personal power. Jesus, on the other hand, the true Son of God, stands in total opposition to Caesar's pride and self-serving nature. Born in a manger, living a life of humility, and dying a criminal's death, Jesus exemplified self-sacrifice. He washed his disciples' feet and gave his life for all humanity. The gospel of Christ does something extraordinary that no earthly kingdom can achieve. It creates a people unified not by nationality, race, creed, culture, or socioeconomic status, but by a shared love for Christ. The gospel invites all people, rich and poor, Jew and Gentile, slave and free, to come to Jesus. It tears down the walls that divide us, offering a common ground in the person and work of Christ. In Christ, we find a new identity that transcends all earthly distinctions. We are children of God, citizens of a heavenly kingdom. Our loyalty to Christ binds us together in a community that reflects the love and grace of our King. As we celebrate Christmas, let us reflect on these profound contrasts. While the kingdom of Caesar Augustus was characterized by power, pride, and self-service, the kingdom of God stands as a beacon of love, humility, and self-sacrifice. May we as followers of Christ imitate our humble king. Let us serve one another in love, recognizing that true greatness in God's kingdom is found in being a servant to all. And finally, as we look to the manger, may we see the hope of a better kingdom, a kingdom not of this world, but one that is coming. Our king has come and will come again to establish his rule of peace forever. May our hearts be filled with joy this Christmas as we reflect on the true king and his kingdom. May our lives be marked by the humility, love, and unity that characterize the kingdom of God.